1: Welcome to Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl G. This is your forum for exploring and discussing challenges that are faced by public and nonprofit leaders. And now, here's Dr. G.
0: Good afternoon, and thank you for tuning in to Leadership Matters Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions. I'm Cheryl G., and I'll be your host for the hour. Today, we're going to be talking about fortifying yourself for greater effectiveness. And with us today to help us have this conversation, we have Lawrence Murray, who is the author of Four Pillars of Success, and Valerie Shepard, The Shabbat of Happiness. Thank you both for being with us today. Thank you for having me. Yes. Thank you, Dr. G. Thank you. And as we're um, preparing to get started, Larry and Valerie, I want to ask each of you just to share a little bit about your background so that our our viewers have a sense of the perspective that you bring. Larry, why don't we ask you to go first?
2: Okay. My name is Lawrence Murray. Um, I'm a retired U.S. Marine. I spent 30 years in the Marine Corps. Uh, During the course of that time, I would say between 20 and 25 years of that, I spent in the supervisory position. So in terms of what I bring to the table as far as leadership goes, uh, it's about 20 to 25 years of, of leadership. Um, I'm a graduate of Hawaii Pacific University uh, with a bachelor's degree in marketing, and I'm currently pursuing my master's degree at National University in human behavior. Um, my, one of my goals that I had established when I was still in the Marine Corps was to retire at the age of 47 upon my retirement from the Marine Corps. Uh, as my final retirement, not to work anymore. And uh, I've been retired four years now, and I've upheld that. So uh, that's one of the major accomplishments in my life. So um, that's what I bring to the table.
0: Wonderful. Well, uh, again, pleased to have you here, and congratulations on your timely retirement and on your enjoying this second phase of your life and your your, uh, first book, Being Out, with regards to the Four Pillars of Success and looking for more and great things from you. So thanks again for being on.
2: Okay.
0: And Valerie, how about a little bit about yourself?
3: Okay. Um, I am very excited to be here. Um, I am the Sherpa of Happiness. I guide people to creating success and fulfillment in their lives by getting a connection to their inner happiness, intrinsic happiness, the happiness that we always already are as spiritual beings. And my background is a combination of a business strategy and marketing background of about 30 years, and a student of metaphysics and spirituality for many years, a meditator for over a decade. And um, I went on radical sabbatical from my corporate career in 2006 and have been rediscovering the truth of who I am and reinventing my life around that foundation since then. And today I do private and group coaching and workshops and. I take laughter principles and happiness principles into the workplace through a workplace happiness initiative, and I'm just really grateful to be devoted to service now in my life.
0: Oh, wonderful. I'm
3: excited to be here because, as the daughter of a career Marine, I am just so honored to be here with Larry, who's devoted himself to the Marine Corps, and um, there's so many, so many similarities. It's just beautiful.
0: Wonderful. Perfect. Good. Well, I thought the two of you would have some really good connections and synergy, and I'm really looking forward to this discussion. Larry, in your book, The Four Pillars of Success, you discuss you know physical success, mental success, spiritual success, and financial success, and I want us to really kind of take some time um, exploring those, but before we do, I want to start with... Um, really um, just kind of stepping back and asking you, in your estimation, prior to kind of um, jumping into that discussion, what are some other key elements that a person might consider in preparing for their journey to successful living?
2: Well, as far as success goes, it, it, it has to start with having a goal. Um, it begins with determining what you want. And when I say establishing a goal, it's not so much keeping that thought in your mind, it's actually taking some action and writing that goal down so that it's there in your face all the time as a constant reminder of what you want to do. What I would recommend to people is write what what your goals are, put it on a mirror in your bathroom, and in the morning when you're brushing your teeth or shaving or whatever you do in the morning, take the time to read that. When you go to bed at night and you're brushing your teeth again or freshening up, read it again so it gets reinforced in your mind. Also, with regard to success as it pertains to my book, I, looked, I was focusing on success from the standpoint of balance. You know, we often look at people who have achieved great success, uh, particularly those um, that are uh, famous, that we read about in the news and all, who have been successful as actors or actresses and so on. And we say, oh, those people are just so successful. Well, they are successful at what they did. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are successful at living their lives. You mentioned people like Charlie Sheen, Lindsay Lohan, uh, Britney Spears, Michael Jackson, uh, Paris Hilton, people like that. We've read so much about, you know, the problems that they've had in life that have nothing to do with the success that they've accomplished at what they did. So my thing is to bring balance to life, to realize that true success is based on what you do as far as physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially, because you can be successful in any one area, but it doesn't mean that you're truly going to be successful because you can have other areas of your life that are going to be unfulfilled. And the purpose of my book was that you got to try to get people to fulfill their potential across the board, not just in any one particular area.
0: Hey, okay, wonderful. Valerie, thoughts get triggered from you with regards to what Larry just shared?
2: Oh, it's fantastic. I
3: totally agree. I, I work with women in, in a group called the Moxie Exchange, and we talk about the importance of goals being written down and how something like uh, only 5% of people actually write down their goals, and, but among the people who write them down, like 80 or 90% actually achieve them and that there's this the dynamic of the commitment and taking action i think larry you, you said it beautifully it it takes more than a desire it actually takes action committed action over time to really achieve what you're wanting to achieve i also believe balance i have a i have a statement in my life i experience balance and fulfillment in all areas of my life and what i know from my my past is that you know, in pursuit of my goals, which I've thought achieving success would deliver happiness, in pursuit of those things, I was way out of balance. I was, a, you know, the proverbial workaholic. And I think Larry even talks about uh, an example of a woman in his book who is so focused on getting to partner that she's actually kind of out of alignment and out of balance with the rest of her life and what can happen when we get that way. So balance on the way to success is absolutely critical. I totally
0: um, agree. Yeah. Well, I, I'm uh, really enjoying what both of you are sharing and can certainly see how writing down goals and keeping them in front of us can help us to be so much more focused. Because um, I think so often we can get caught up in all the things we can do and in that process of all the can-dos lose focus of what we're really purposed to do. And so think writing the goals down and keeping them in front of us can really help us be more intentional with regards to how we're using our energy. And I definitely have been one of those that are guilty of not having balance. I can um, easily fall into that workaholic track. So a great reminder uh, for myself. Larry, I know one of the things that was in your book that kind of emphasized um, action was you talked about laziness. <laughs> and I loved your quote with regards to, um, you know, how action was so important to being able to kind of make things happen. And Valerie touched on that. We want to see if there's anything you wanted to, to state about action.
2: Well, one of the thing, the reason I, I put um, the issue of laziness in there is because I want people to be honest about assessing what they bring to the table if they – you know, believe that they truly want to be successful, and one of the, the reason I put laziness there is to make them realize if you're lazy, if you know that you're a lazy person, then you have a huge obstacle to overcome, because success is built on the foundation of action. If you're not willing to take the steps to make it happen and just relegate um, what you want to happen in your mind and never let it progress beyond that, there is no way in the world that you will be successful. It just won't happen. It's impossible. It'd be, think of it like um, a person playing tennis. They want to play tennis, but the, their opponent hits the ball at them, and they decide they don't want to hit the ball back. How in the world can you play tennis if you're not willing to reciprocate the action that's coming at you? It, it just can't happen. It's, it's it's impossible. So I wanted right up front in the beginning of the book to let them know, if you can't overcome this obstacle, if you if you happen to be a lazy person, if you can't overcome that, then – Really, don't. It's not even necessary to read the rest of the book because there's no way I can help you.
0: Mm-hmm. Great. Right. Uh, your quote here is: "If there's no action, then there can be no success." I just thought Absolutely. that was, um, as you said, quite to the point. Right. right. Yeah. Right. And 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 in today's um, conversation, we're really looking. Our, we're looking at fortifying ourselves. with really the understanding that um, being equipped to provide effective leadership comes from us also really being in that space of um, successful living. The better equipped I am to live successfully, the better equipped I am to then provide effective leadership to others. Both of you have had quite a bit of success in your own lives. I'm going to ask each of you to just share a little bit with us with regards to what you think are some of the most significant contributing factors to your own success. Uh, Go first.
2: Would you like to go first?
0: I'm
3: sorry Sure, I can go first.
0: Okay, Valerie.
3: I just I wanted to um, just connect to the laziness um, comment because there are so many times when I've considered myself somewhat lazy, which is so funny, um, while well, we're talking about success, and what I used to do when I thought I wasn't doing enough, so for me as being a workaholic, constantly doing, doing, doing and doing, I actually still thought there was more I should be doing. And I still thought that I was somewhat lazy in certain circumstances. And in my new realm, what I look at is um, the difference between that and stillness. And there's a point at which um, all of us need to take time to be still. Now, I think the difference is laziness is a total, like a disinclination to activity and work that continues on and on and on. I just don't want to do it, versus stillness, which is taking time to just be and let go of the to-do list, let go of the goals, and simply just be. And there's huge power in the latter, and that can contribute to actually accelerating success. Mm-hmm. And that's what I, um, what I wanted to talk about in terms of one of the things that has been helpful to me lately is disengaging from my attachment to having to move quicker and, and to keep pushing forward for, towards my goals and allowing myself to just rest in the present moment.
0: Mm -hmm. Let go of
3: the past, let go of the future, and be still and peaceful and fulfilled in this current moment.
0: Great. I'm loving that, Valerie. It looks like we're going to need to move to commercial break, so I'm going to have you just put a comma in and hold that thought, and when we come back, love to hear the rest of your journey and those things that you feel have really added to the significance of your success, and then hear a little bit more from Larry on that, as well as about these four pillars of success. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
1: Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of san diego funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission developing children families and future leaders of our communities through empowerment education and wellness are you in a workplace filled with harmony or chaos is it your boss causing undue stress or is it your co-workers maybe it's the work you're doing maybe it's the work environment you need real solutions from someone who has over 25 years of workplace consulting experience Tune in to Today's Workplace with Emery Mulling, your at-work expert. Emery and his guests will bring you expert solutions to the problems found in work environments today. Solutions you can apply right away to create a pleasurable workspace. Listen Mondays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: We're back with more on Leadership Matters. Today, we're talking about fortifying yourself for greater effectiveness. And with us today, we have the author of Four Pillars of Success, Lawrence Murray. Lawrence, thank you so much for being with us. Oh, my pleasure. Yes, and then also the Sherpa of Happiness, Ms. Valerie Shepard. Thank you, Valerie.
3: Oh, I'm overjoyed. This is fabulous.
0: Wonderful. Well, before we went to break, you were sharing a little bit on your success, and I loved the distinction that you were making as far as um, stillness and how important and how revitalizing it can be. I invite you to start back that conversation.
3: Oh, thank you. Yes, so stillness, interestingly enough, I was comparing and contrasting laziness and stillness, and I think that stillness is a contributing factor to my success in the way that it allows me to just come back to center, right? So, Uh, In my world, I talk about the still, small voice within, which comes from the heart. And I know Larry is a big fan of Albert Einstein. He quotes him in his book. And my favorite quote from Albert Einstein um, is that the intuitive mind is a sacred gift and the rational mind is its faithful servant. We've created a society that worships the servant and has forgotten the gift. And for me, that's talking about this intuitive center or the heart, the voice within I get amazing guidance from. But in order to hear that voice, I have to quiet my head, the conscious mind, the servant, the rational mind. I have to quiet my head, come to a place of rest, a place of peace, a place of stillness. The voice within is small. It's a whisper many times until it's a two-by-four, like a car accident or cancer or something like that. But for the most part, the voice within is a small voice, and I have to come to stillness to hear it. And in that voice, I can hear little... Directions like don't do that, or don't go there, or that's not the right person, or that is.
0: Mm-hmm. And
3: so that coming to that still place and listening for that in, inner wisdom is very powerful in the guidance on, on my success today.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, Valerie, one of the things you just said that I thought was so powerful also is that. You know, um, for us to bring ourselves there intentionally and it not having to be something catastrophic happening in our life for us to finally get still. You know, it doesn't have to be cancer or that car accident or just this catastrophic event that in the process of that happening puts us in a space of stopping. Right. Um, But to really just intentionally on our own um, manage to bring that energy to a halt to get to that space of being able to come back to that um, and listen to that voice and become centered. Um, Love it. Um, Anything else you want to contribute to that? yeah, Yeah, go on.
3: Well, to what you were saying about, you know, choosing like making a conscious choice to come to a place of rest. The whole time I was in corporate America, I was amazed at the number of people who would, with great pride, tell me that they hadn't taken a vacation in five years. And they had racked up all their vacation time and, and I was amazed because I was one of those people who if I could eke out an extra vacation day every year, if I could borrow some from somebody else, I was taking every single hour of vacation I was given. And I'm always amazed at how people, like we especially in this Western world, do not value rest. We do not <laughs> see that it contributes to anything. We actually put it on the, the side of the equation that is is a cost. It takes, you know, we, we lose time if we actually invest in some downtime, some Face time, some getaway time, mm-hmm. and I think that's got to stop. That's one of the worst possible ways of going to success mm-hmm. is to go there so doggedly that we don't engage in an act of rest.
0: Right. I love that. Thank you so much. Larry. let me have you jump back in here and just ask you, um, when you as you reflect back over your um, journey in life and those things that have contributed most to your own success, what might that be?
2: Well, before I get into that, I just want to say just listening to how Valerie phrased it was phenomenal. I mean, I I was totally in tune with what she said, because when she talked about that quiet place, where I find I get that is when I'm in in the morning, right before I get up, I'll lay in bed. My, My eyes are closed, but I'm awake. And in that moment where it's really quiet, like she talked about, it's the thoughts and the inspirations that come into my mind at that moment are just like unbelievable, Because I'm in that place where she said, where you, there's no confusion. It's just quietness and you can hear everything so plainly because the voice that she talked about that we hear inside of us, we actually hear two voices. You know, it's kind of like the the little devil on one shoulder and the angel on the other. But the, the angel, the angelic voice, so to speak, is the quiet voice. It doesn't scream and yell like the, the other voice, it's very quiet. You really have to be in tune to it to hear it. And the way she phrased it was just was just incredible, first of all. now Getting to your question in, in terms of the contributing factors to my success, what helped me a lot was being around people who had um, my best intentions at heart. Um, I guess it goes back to the saying, you know, iron sharpens iron. If you want to be smart, hang out with smart people. If you want to be funny, hang out with funny people. If you want to be successful, hang out with successful people. So when I first came to the Marine Corps, having come from a background of being from Brooklyn, New York, and, you know, thinking that I was God's greatest gift to the Marine Corps and having that attitude, that obviously didn't go over really well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, How'd that work for you? <laughs> it, was, it was not so good. It was not so good. Uh, and, as, and as a result, I got into a lot of trouble when I first came in. But I had people who saw the potential in me and never gave up on me. And they basically kind of took me under their wing, and once they sh- started showing me things and really making me realize what I could accomplish, um, it was like it was like uh, uh, an episode out of the movie The Wizard of Ours. They showed me the yellow brick road, and once they showed me that, uh, I was on my way and it, and also too, it goes back to what Valerie says about your heart. You have to follow your heart because one thing i 've always admired. Um, but regarding people who we look at as being, we refer to as free spirits, you know, one weekend they're, they're skiing in the, the Colorado, the next weekend they're surfing at, you know, San Diego Beach. We look at those people as free spirits and we respect them because they follow the dictates of their heart, irrespective of what others may think. They just do what they feel is best for them regardless of what anybody else thinks. And to me, that's the key to success, and that's how I've been able to kind of ride this wave to do what I wanted to do in life as I'm doing now because I just follow my heart, and and I have faith that my heart knows what it's talking about. And that's been been probably the greatest source for getting me to where I am now.
0: Yeah, I love that. And, you know, what comes to mind for me is, um, Stepman, I know he just did a new um, version of his... a lot of the work that he's done around identity, and it really looks at pulling one's identity out of oneself and following um, the heart, the intentions of one's soul. And um, so there's so much, um, I think, synergy, synergy and connectedness in what so many are talking about uh, these days as being something that's a little different than what we've thought about um, as relates to success in the past, where we kind of build upon that thing, those things that are outside of us, but it's really kind of turning us to look more inward, and defining that which comes from within, and then being able to learn and build uh, from that center core. Um, so I appreciate your sharing that. Oh no problem. Yeah, Larry, I'm going to ask us to um, maybe reflect on and begin to share a little bit about some of the pillars of success that you've. Outlined in your in your book, the four pillars um, of success, starting with uh, physical success. What is it about, and why is it considered to be so foundational?
2: Well, uh, I look at success, obviously, from my book, as being four pillars, uh, which we build who we are. And one of the most important pillars, I think, and not the most important, but one of the most important for sure, is our physicality, because. You know, we've heard people say that our body is a temple. Well, your body is only a temple if you treat it as a temple. And too often, especially in America where we do everything in excess, uh, our body pays the price for that. We eat more than we should be eating. Um, we don't exercise enough. We don't get enough sleep. Uh, we let stress cause, cause us all kind of problems. As a matter of fact, um, I don't know if you ever heard of Pamela M. Peach. She's an MD, where she did a study in, um, Web, uh, on a WebMD article where she talked about 43% of all adults suffer adverse health effects from stress. She went on to say that 75 to 90% of all doctors' office visits are for stress-related ailments and complaints. So a person goes into the doctor and they complain about chest pains or they complain about headaches or soreness. Typically, the genesis for that is the fact that they've allowed stress to impact their lives in ways that they don't, they don't even recognize. So when we talk about the physicality we're talking about you know doing what's necessary to take care of who you are because everything else doesn't matter if you're not alive or if you're if you're you know deathly ill everything else doesn't matter your state of mind your state of spirit all of that kind of goes to the wayside if, if physically you're incapacitated so the way I looked at it is it starts from you know with your diet knowing what it takes to eat properly so that you can sustain good health keep your uh, body weight within the, the, what it should be for your height and, and body structure, uh, getting in exercise on a daily basis. We live in a 24-hour day, yet you have people say that I don't have time to exercise. 24 hours in a day. You figure we work approximately eight hours, we sleep approximately eight hours, at least eight more hours within our day, but people will say I don't have the time. The way I look at it is, and this is just me, If you say to yourself, I don't have the time to exercise, what you're basically saying is, I don't care about my body. We can take our cars in to get regular checkups, regular servicings. We can tend to our gardens and make sure every leaf is plucked. that has a little brown on it and everything. We can do all these things as it relates to other things. But when it comes to our physical well-being, we can't take the time to make sure that, you know, we're operating as we should be operating at peak performance. Um... Denver healthcare. We have this big national debate going on right now about um, universal health coverage. And one side says it's to cost too much, the other side says we can't afford to actually go without it. But if everybody was proactive and taking the time to take care of themselves the way they should, we wouldn't be having this debate. Because most people wouldn't be in the situation they're in now. The reason we have a lot of problems in America as it relates to our health care problems is because people are not taking care of themselves. They're overweight. They're obese. America, we have an obesity problem. We have an overweight issue where people are just consuming for the sheer sake of consuming. We entertain ourselves with food. We have pie-eating contests hot dog eating contest you can go to restaurants that are offer a 72 ounce steak that if you eat that along with all the fixings that come with it you have the meal for free i mean we do this as a form of entertainment and then we wonder why as a country we're in, we're having the problems that we're having as it relates to health care the, the source of our the problems that we're having is us mm-hmm. you, you go to the supermarket and you see the overweight kid with the overweight parent and you wonder well, i mean what's going on here Right, That kid doesn't even have a chance because yeah. he's structured around an environment that is going to perpetuate him being the way he is based on what he sees around him.
0: Okay. So, you know, I am hearing this and I am so uh, also personally being convicted about it <laughs> with regards to the need for me to do more in this um, space of um, really just physical wellness We're going to take another break, and, uh, Valerie, when we get back, I'm going to ask you to also share your thoughts on this, and I love the way you framed that, Larry, with regards to just how important our physical well-being is to supporting our peak performance. So please stay with us. We're going to talk a little bit more about that and then also move to the other three pillars of success. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.
1: work. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of san diego funds raised go to support the neighborhood house association's mission developing children families and future leaders of our communities through empowerment education and wellness voice america business network the bottom line in business
0: Really, the importance of fortifying ourselves so that we are prepared to bring greater effectiveness in our leadership. Lawrence Murray, the author of Four Pillars of Success, and Valerie Shepard, the Shapar—I'm Shapa, saying that wrong, aren't I? The Shapa. 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 <laughs> the Shapa of Happiness—are both with us today. Valerie, I know before we went to break, we had Lawrence sharing about um, really physical success and how important that is to our being able to literally be there and to be in that space of uh, supporting peak performance, kind of starting with self. Your thoughts on this area of physical success?
3: Oh, my gosh. I'm dying to weigh in. I I always, all I was thinking was hallelujah and amen. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I love what, I can so connect with what, um, Larry shared about the statistics, especially. 43% of adults suffer from unmanned stress and 75% of doctors' visits are related to that. Well, I have my own story. I mean, it was part of my awakening, Larry, was this chest pain. I can't even believe you mentioned chest pains. I went to the hospital. I was in a conference room in a, in a meeting with my team, and uh, this was in 2005. And I started having weird feelings, and I asked my team, so does anybody know the – Symptoms of a heart attack in a woman. And, of course, you could hear a pin drop because they were like it had nothing to do with what we were discussing. And uh, long story short is I ended up going to Hogue Hospital. I was later diagnosed with not having a heart attack but a benign superarrhythmia, which basically um, was later related to stress, stress-induced problem, benign meaning there was nothing wrong with my physical heart. But nonetheless, I was having um, is like a racing of the electrical, ma- electrical um, process in the heart. So totally stress-related, and that was the catalyst to me saying, what the heck is going on here? What's going on with my life? Who am I in this life? And the need for the physical body to be nurtured and loved, it is the only thing we have to move around on planet Earth. Like, you know, from my perspective, we are spiritual beings having a human experience, and the way we have the human experience is called in walking as spiritual in the physical. And the way we do that is through the body. All that we are as, as spiritual beings is brought into this realm through the physical body. That's how we are able to be God manifesting in any moment. And so when we aren't caring for that physical body, we're basically saying we don't have anything to give here. We don't have any reason to be here. The physical body is how we are able to connect with one another, how we're able to express love, how to give and receive love. That's what we're here for. So this caring for the physical body has to be very important. And I know that the, the, the things out there that we hear, they're so. people tell me all the time that they're so confused, you know, is butter good or bad, well, you know, trans fats, this kind of fat, that kind of fat. And it really comes down to there is no one-size-fits-all for the physical body. We are all different in our um, characteristics mm-hmm. and in the way the body operates and in our genetics. And what we have to do is do less of kind of following the pack and whatever we see on the evening news and, and find out what's, what works best for us. My body doesn't like carbohydrates, but it doesn't seem to have as much of a problem with animal fat. And so I don't mind so much if I have um, chicken or, and I love ribs and I, I absolutely could eat fish for every meal. And so I don't have a problem with certain kinds of foods, but when I eat too much pasta or rice and I, bread is practically out of my diet altogether, my body doesn't like it. And as a spiritual teacher, I try and keep my channel clear. So I'm doing even deeper work on the physical body where I'm detoxing and getting rid of emotional toxins that leave remnants inside the physical body and a number of things. So I cannot agree more.
2: Wonderful. Mm-hmm. Can, I add,
3: can you... I add
2: one thing to that? Yeah, absolutely. When, um, when she talked about the issue of, like, uh, when Valerie mentioned that she doesn't like carbohydrates, her body doesn't like carbohydrates, That's a great example because one thing I've done, especially since I've gotten out of the Marine Corps, ironically, is that I've really gotten in tune with my diet. And one thing I've found, um, I'm 51 years old, and and as I get older, I realize that my body has become more carbohydrate intolerant. Um, So where she talked about. No one size fits all. That's absolutely true. For anybody who's listening to this and, and is looking for specifics about what they need to do on a physical level, there 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 are generalities, but there are no specifics. A person has to uh, get in tune with who they are in their body as an individual, because everybody is different.
0: They right. have to find. And, and have let me just have you pause right there and say, how how does one go about doing that? How do they get in tune with their own body? Are there certain um, are there certain professions that is it like do you recommend they go see a dietitian? Is it the doctor? How does one get in touch with what will work best for their body?
2: Well, again, it's on an individual basis. If someone is dealing, if someone is obese or overweight, I would highly recommend they get with a nutritionist or a dietitian or some or their, their physician because it goes beyond what uh, they can probably research online. They need somebody that can actually guide them through. Uh, the process. For somebody like myself or or who is not overweight that, you know, basically just wants to maintain my um, body weight and my percent body fat being a certain level, then it's just a matter of, for me anyway, like I weigh myself every single day. So I know that if I had, you know, pasta the night before, I already know before I weigh myself the next day, the impact it's going to have. I'm probably going to weigh probably two pounds heavier than I did the day prior because of the fact that I had carbohydrates that's how sensitive my body is to carbohydrates and it takes basically uh, kind of experimenting with the foods that you eat and so on and see the impact that it has on you not only with regards to weight but how it makes you feel like one thing even though I don't eat a lot of carbohydrates there are times when I know I need to eat carbohydrates because I can feel my body's drained it doesn't it needs that energy mm-hmm. So again, it's about experimenting because mm-hmm. no one size fits all. You have to find okay. out what works for you. Great, that's been okay. my that's been my mm-hmm.
3: experience too,
2: Doctor okay. G. Is,
3: um, I, I totally support getting with a dietitian and a nutritionist because they can take blood tests, and so you'll get more information about your blood type. And there are lots of um, there are lots of there's lots of wisdom available on how to eat for your particular blood type, what works and what doesn't. Okay. I would say one thing that do, one thing that does seem like it fits one size fits all is less processed food is better. Mm-hmm. you know it's like stay out of the center of the grocery store. Sorry, grocery stores, I love you, but you know spend most of your if three quarters of your diet is on the rim of the grocery store, so that's where you're going to find most of the fresh stuff the the um, um, the fresh vegetables, fresh fruits. Um, meats, eggs,
0: cheese. Like Do you some... want us out of the freezer section, Valerie? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> but, you know,
3: but when, when you're eating a lot of food that has five and six and eight-syllable words, then your body probably isn't processing it very well. Right. And so the, the more natural you can go, that, that's powerful. And then the rest of it, I totally agree with, um, with Larry. It's about testing for success for you, what okay. really works for you.
0: Good. Well, I'm going to have us uh, take a little break with our conversation because I know that Gia has come on the line and want to welcome her to the show. Gia? Yes. I know you've been um, scanning and looking to see if we had any um, questions from listeners, and I know that you have at least one. I'm not sure if you have one, two, or How many do you have? I have two. You have two? Great. So why don't we um, hear... Um, your two questions, and then, Larry, I'll look to go back to you and have us talk about the um, the next pillar with regards to uh, mental success. So, okay. Gia, uh, okay. thank you again for joining us and um want to hear the questions that you have. Of course. Um, the first question is from Janice in Tennessee. She says, uh, Larry, in your book, you discuss achieving balance and having control, Will you discuss more about the relationship between balance and control and how they are developed? Wonderful. Larry, can you give us some thoughts on that?
2: Well, in order to achieve balance, you have to have control. And what I mean by that is, remember when I talked about laziness? Well, mm-hmm. laziness is the lack of control over you being able to take action. You know, too often we live in a world where <clears throat> we'll say, okay, well, I'll, I'll do that tomorrow. and I'll get to it tomorrow. And you'll live half your life realizing that tomorrow never came because the only way you're going to accomplish anything and take control over what you do is to do it today. Because the fact of the matter is when tomorrow gets here, guess what? It's today. So there is, in, in reality, if you really think about it, there is no such thing as tomorrow because you can't reach out and touch tomorrow. I can touch today. But see, when people say, well, I'll do it tomorrow, that's that's nice little thing that they say to themselves, realizing that they're not going to do it. It's more on a sub, I think it's more on a subconscious level that they're not going to do it, because they can just say, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And they don't have control over their actions. In order mm-hmm. to achieve balance, whether it be physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, you have, take, you have to take control. And in order to take control, you have to employ action. Mm-hmm. Action is the key to success and balance. And in order to do that, you have to have control over who you are.
0: Right. So it feels like what I'm hearing you say, Larry, is really um, the self discipline to be intentional with our action and how we're utilizing our energy and time. Absolutely. Okay, great. Valerie, anything you want to add before we have Gia go to the next question from our listener?
3: Yeah, I think it was wonderfully said. Absolutely true. We have to make the choices and then take action behind those choices in order to experience balance. And that, to me, means we choose to do the things that are um, pursuing a part of pursuing our goals, and we also choose to take a break. That's how the balance actually happens. It doesn't happen um, by wanting it. You really have to say, you know what, I've, I'd have i like to take a break today. I think I need it.
0: Great. And, Adia, what was the name of our first caller? Um Janice. Janice? Janice Janice from Tennessee? Yes. Thank you so much, Janice from Tennessee. And then, um, Gia, you had a second question. Yes. The second question is from Cynthia in California. She asks, how does one go about understanding their purpose, or as it's phrased in your book, knowing why you were put here on this earth? I'd like to be clear about my purpose and feel more sure about the reason I'm here at this time. Hey, Larry, you want to see more about that?
2: I think the way we learn what our purpose here on Earth was, was through, is through our successes, meaning that if you pursue what you're passionate about, because where does our passion come from? It comes from inside of us. We didn't, we didn't ask to be pa- A dancer didn't ask to be passionate to be a dancer. A basketball player didn't ask to be passionate to be a basketball player. It was just in him. He doesn't know why or she doesn't know why. She just, that's just what she was driven to want to do. Well, all of us have something like that. It, it may not be, on, you know, to be a basketball player or, or, or a dancer, but there's something in us. Whether it be a, a, a person who always says, "Man, I would love to be a a, um, a manager at McDonald's," you know, other people look at that and can, you know, kind of look down on that and maybe disparage what he felt he wanted to do. But if that's what his passion or her passion is to do, when you fulfill your passion and you fulfill your potential. As far as I'm concerned, you you fulfilled what you were put here to do.
0: Okay, great. Because
2: you, you didn't create your own passion; that was put into you from somewhere. So it's it's up to you to then take it and run with it, and fulfill and fulfill your uh, uh, potential with that.
0: Okay, wonderful, Valerie. Anything you'd like to add?
3: I've got another hallelujah, amen coming. Yes, I do. <laughs> totally support uh, that point of view. That, <clears throat> excuse me. When I when I am. Um, um, in, in a point of service. So for me, it's about dedicating my life to service at this point in my life. But at other times in my life, it was ballet, it was track and field, it was excelling at school. There were things that I was doing that I really was very good at and got lost in. Like, that's another marker for me. When I get lost in something and I think only half an hour's passed and it's been hours, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And when I can do it without refortifying myself with energy, like I don't get hungry. Well, I'm all, I, I eat a lot, so... I'm always hungry, but let's say I don't get thirsty or I don't get tired. Um, When those things happen, I know that I'm dead on, like right on the point with what I'm supposed to be doing here. And when I can do it joyfully and no matter what anybody else thinks, it feels like it's um, bringing me to life and filling me up. My cup is always full when I'm doing that thing. That's how I know I'm, I'm on purpose.
0: Great, love that, Cynthia. Uh, thank you so much for that for that question. And I'll add to that um, Rick Warren's book, *The Purpose-Driven Life*. I mean, depending upon one's orientation, um, certainly, Cynthia. I don't know what if you have a um, inclination toward Christianity. If you do, his book also is very helpful when he talks about one's shape and kind of looking at oneself um, from a spiritual perspective from one's heart. Pretty much what Larry was saying around passion, um, our own attitudes and our our own personalities and then our life experiences. Uh, that may be another reference that Cynthia might enjoy uh, with regards to exploring purpose in life. so again, thank you, uh, Cynthia from California, and Gia, thank you so much for bringing voice to each of those questions. Thank you, Dr. G. Yes, thank you, okay. So looks like um, I'm getting a cue here that we need to move to a commercial break. So please stay with us. We'll be right back with more on Leadership Matters, Informing Leaders, Inspiring Solutions.
1: The Business Community's First Choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. Leadership Matters is brought to you by InnoVisions. Need to improve leadership, staff, or organization performance? Contact InnoVisions today for quality, effective, and affordable leadership, staff, and organization development training, coaching, and consulting services. Call 858-244-8264. That's 858-244-8264. Or email G at dr.g at InnoVisions.org. InnoVisions is a social enterprise of the Neighborhood House Association of San Diego. Funds raised go to support the Neighborhood House Association's mission, developing children, families, and future leaders of our communities through empowerment, education, and wellness. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
0: Solutions. I have really been enjoying this conversation. I think we've talked about one of the great pillars of success that <laughs> that Lawrence writes about in his book, The Four Pillars of Success. Again, thank you so much for being with us today, having this conversation. And Valerie, our Sherpa of Happiness, uh, thank you again also for joining us. Larry, I know we don't have a lot of time, but can I get you to at least introduce your second pillar of success, of success and that is the Milton, um success And um, maybe have a little bit of a dialogue on that, and it looks like we're going to have to come back to finish the conversation on the mental success and to dive into your other two areas. Um, So, Larry, your thoughts uh, that you could share with us as relates to um, the – uh, the mental success area. You know, what I have to say was very striking. Dick, in looking at that chapter, and you're starting with your quote with regards to everyone is born a genius, but the process of live, of living degeniuses them. <laughs> that was quite interesting. I don't know why that quote. And just share with us a little bit about um, mental success.
2: Well, that quote is a quote by uh, Richard Buckminster Fuller. <laughs> And okay. uh, when, when I look at that quote, I, I guess the best way um, I can analogize that would be looking at children. If, w- my wife and I, we, we often go down to the park and walk, and we'll see young kids playing. And what I'm always amazed at is seeing their imagination and their creativity. You give them, like, um, a, a stick, and they throw it out in the water, and they've just created that stick into being, you know, a boat. Or you give them a, a can. They come across a can on the grass, and they'll start kicking it like it's a soccer ball. Um, their imagination is just off the charts. At that age, When you watch a young child, you're watching a being that can basically accomplish anything that they put their mind to, meaning that you put them in, in, in their, uh, uh, their carriage or you put them in their, their little bed, their crib, they'll find a way to get out. I know my, when my child was, my son was younger— he used to crawl out of that crib, and we didn't know how he got out. I mean, but he used the creativity who he was. As we get older, we start to become more pragmatic, um, and that's based on the influence that we get from our, our parents, our teachers, society, and so on. Where we kind of shun uh, our creativity uh, and our imagination to be more of what we assume people want us to be. And my thing with mental success is getting people to realize that who we are, first and foremost, begins with how we think. We're no more than the sum total of our thoughts because before we perform any action, we first thought about that action. So everything begins with your thoughts, and that's the focus of this chapter. And one of the, one of the um, ideas that I bring into the book that I know some people may look at and say, well, that seems a bit extreme. Is I, and I, t- I talk about to be successful from a mental standpoint. You have to become obsessed. Now, I use that word intentionally, and I could have used words like passionate or committed or determined, and and it would have made the same point. But it wouldn't have truly encapsulated the mindset that's needed to be successful. When you look at people like Bruce Lee, Bob Marley, Michael Jackson, Sean White, uh, the um, snowboarder, Bill Gates, Jimi Hendrix, Michael Jordan, Martha Stewart, and so on. Others: Oprah Winfrey, Jack Lalanne. These are people who were obsessed at what they did, and that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing so long as it doesn't infringe upon other aspects of your life. In essence, throwing out, you know the rest of your life out of balance because you're so focused on that one thing, everything else goes to crap. As long as you can maintain balance within that, obsession is a good thing.
0: Wonderful.
2: What obsession does is it gives you tunnel vision to focus on what you want to accomplish, and you get the mindset that I will do that or I will die. I mean, that's how committed you become. Okay. So that's my. I don't want to. I, I don't want to really go more into it because I would like to hear what Valerie has to say about it. Yeah. Um, but but that's that's the the, the the focus of that chapter is it gives you realize it begin the the genesis of of your mental success. Begins and ends with your thoughts. Wonderful, Valerie. Your thoughts?
3: Yes. Okay. So I love the quote: um, "The process of living degeniuses them." And so, from my perspective, and the journey that I've been on is to be seeing where my genius got lost. So, um, and I really believe that genius is not just in doing this; it's also just in how we think and feel and act relative to ourselves. So, the the degeniusing is the the journey that we take from. Being these perfect little beings, when we come into the planet, through you know whatever happens to us, whatever happens in our life, what we pick up from our experiences, whatever the experiences are, sometimes somebody sits down, sits us down, and looks us in the eye and teaches us something. We go to school and we're taught things. Other times, just in the presence of certain things, we pick up things. So part of the degening is also we lose sight of really who we are. So it's not just. Um, the things that we can do, it's also just re- remembering the truth of who we are, which is that we are limitless, powerful, spiritual beings having a human experience. Absolutely. And we start to buy into this concept of we are only human. I hate that phrase now. I'm only human. No, you're not. We never were that. But right. We bought mm. into it, and it's now mm. to, like, wake up from the dream. Right. And really see the truth. Wonderful. In terms of thoughts... Um, I believe that our actual, the totality of us is our thoughts and this whole subconscious aspect of us, which is kind of the hidden part of the iceberg. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I work with clients who are thinking from their conscious mind, I want to be more wealthy, I want to have more success. But subconsciously, the the part of the iceberg below the surface, Mm -hmm. they're carrying belief systems around not being good enough, not being worthy, not being seen and heard. Not being capable, not being smart enough, not being beautiful enough, all these mm.
0: things that are holding
3: that, them back.
0: I am so like, ah. Got to put a comment there and just hate to because I'm so enjoying this conversation. We're going to definitely um, get back together and continue this conversation, talk more about this pillar of success as relates to Mento and then go a little bit deeper into conversation also about the other four, actually the other two pillars of success, spiritual and financial, and how those are so significant in positioning one to have that um Fortification to lead with greater effectiveness. Lawrence and Valerie, thank you so much for being on our show today and joining in this conversation and looking forward to having you back. And thank you so much to our listening audience for tuning in. Please join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for more on Leadership Matters, informing leaders, inspiring solutions.